Talks like an animal, talks like an animal, must be an animal. Come here, the animal, talking animal, talking animal. Good morning. This is Talking Animals. Before we go any further, I want to take a moment to thank everyone who pledged in support of Talking Animals during WNF Summer Fun Drive, which ended last Wednesday. In fact, the finale preempted last week's Talking Animals. While I was fortunate enough to reach my fundraising goal on this show, collectively we all felt just a bit short of the overall station goal, but we're almost there. So if you'd like to help us cross the finish line, please visit WMNF.org and make whatever donation you can. We'd greatly appreciate it. Thank you kindly. I'm Duncan Strauss, and as for today's show, I'm marking the 15th anniversary of the program, almost to the day. On June 16th, 2003, I launched Talking Animals at KUCI, the campus community radio station at the University of California at Irvine. It was jagged, if not awful, at first, by which I mean I was jagged, if not awful, at first. I'd only been a disc jockey before, so I didn't really know how to do this kind of show, but I worked really hard, eventually got the hang of it, and after having the opportunity to move the show to dubbing up at the end of 2005, here we are, 15 years later. For today's edition, I thought it'd be fitting to invite guests that were featured in those earliest years. Singer-songwriter activist Nellie Mackay, who's appeared several more times over the years, and Triumph the Insult comic dog, whom I adore and I knew would keep the proceedings from becoming too self-congratulatory. On that score, Triumph did not disappoint. A bit about each guest, Mackay first appeared on Talking Animals in April of 2004, when her debut album, Get Away From Me, was generating rave reviews and buzz galore, partly propelled by the dog song, a supremely catchy ode to the joys of a canine companion. She's recorded six more albums, including the latest, Sister Orchid, that just came out a couple weeks ago. She's also performed on Broadway and Off-Broadway, written theater pieces, and received awards from PETA and other organizations recognizing her work on behalf of Animal Welfare. Triumph Insult Comic Dog made his TV debut in 1997 on NBC's Late Night with Conan O'Brien with a piece shot at the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. He's since had famous, or maybe infamous, encounters with Star Wars fans, Bon Jovi concert goers, French Canadians in Quebec, and attendees of presidential conventions, among many, many others. Triumph was a guest on Talking Animals in May of 2005 and turned this week to congratulate me, if that's the right word. So first, let's play back the Nellie McKay interview recorded yesterday. This is Nellie McKay on Talking Animals. Thank you for having me, Duncan. Thank you, and thanks for joining me today to help mark the show's 15th anniversary. I uh, might have some thoughts on your very first appearance on the show, I guess about 14-plus years ago, but we'll get back to that maybe in a few minutes. Right now, I'm just excited that you recently released Sister Orchid, your seventh album, so congratulations on the new record. Well, thank you so much, and... uh uh, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to make music. And it sounds so kind of spare and lovely and features standards and ballads and standard ballads for that matter. What was the impetus for making this record? Oh, I guess, you know, when you watch dogs' lazy tail go, you know, when they're, uh, they're hot, uh, and, uh, and it's, it's muggy outside, it's got that kind of lazy sachet, and I suppose want to make music to that beat. <laughs> I see. <laughs> well, that's great. So, when you decide to create an album like Sister Or kid are you selecting from almost an artistic to-do list of your own devising i mean anybody that's followed you for any number of years knows that you from one project to the next things are really different and sometimes entirely different medium that's being uh, explored it's like how did you decide okay i'm gonna besides the dog's uh, tails wagging how did you decide okay the next thing i'm gonna do is sister orchid all right well uh, uh we'd always thought about making a solo album 
and about making an album of some ballads of Toulouse. And, uh, and so it, it seemed like the time, but it was very difficult for me because I love to, uh, you know, some people might call me a hoarder, but I think I'm a collector of, uh, of things, and I hate waste. And the same goes musically. It, it, you tend to want to put the whole kitchen sink in there, so challenge to uh, tear it down. But when you're looking at, like, what's, like, for example, do you already have a sense, even though this album just came out, you know, within the last couple, three weeks, do you already have a sense that, like, you're touring behind it right now, but do you already have a sense of, okay, my next project is going to be this, or is there, like, still kind of a, you know, a handful of things that when the time comes, you'll select among those next batch of ideas? Yeah. Uh, oh, we've got so many ideas. We've got ideas for centuries. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's really just a, a question of getting the budget together each time. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. So when I was little, yeah, when I was little, we knew Alan Rickman, and and, and uh, you know, we heard that uh, in order to make a movie, it would take two years: one year to raise the money, and one year to make it. And uh, and I think that is actually a, a, a very a pleasant estimate. I think obviously it can take a lot longer um, in a lot of cases. But when I was a kid, I remember hearing that and thinking, "Gee, I'm never going to go into show business." <laughs> That's way too long. But now you realize you're, you're lucky if you get something better than you. Well, and also, too, I mean, I think the first time you were on the show, I mean, it was right around the time of your first album, and then you went on to do so many different kinds of things, starring on Broadway, writing musical biographies, the writing review, and the New York Times book review, and, and on and on. At what point did you feel like, was it sort of artistic uh, restlessness, or was it sort of circumstances, and where sometimes a practical matter of like where the financing is that helped dictate like where you were going next? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I think that's it. Because, you know, there's so many things you make that don't go anywhere. And that gets very frustrating. I mean, for instance, musical, it's dependent on so many pieces coming into place. Um, you know, we've written all together, but we put the bits and bobs together, about three musicals. And, uh, um, you know, and, and it just takes so long and you sit on that music for so long or it's so specific to the piece and then it doesn't come to fruit. So it's so nice to make an album and then finally hold it. And this one's on vinyl, too. So what a thrill. Yeah, no, that's great. That's uh, that's very cool. And the vinyl heads, are, I'm sure, will be going for that uh, option for sure. Uh, let me let folks know this is Talking Animals. I'm Duncan Strauss and I'm speaking with singer-songwriter activist Nellie McKay, who's new album is Sister Orchid. This conversation was recorded yesterday. So is there a project, given all those factors and things you have to kind of sift through, is there a project you'd like to undertake that just for one reason or another you just haven't had a chance to do it yet? Is it a book, a film, a play, something that, you, that, that you're really excited about you just haven't quite put all the pieces together just yet? Yeah, oh, well, uh, there's so many. Um, so <laughs> if anybody wants to talk about it, I guess they can get in touch through you, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess just in terms of albums, there's so many things. It'd be nice to do another original album, you know. Uh, there's just there's a lot of, uh, of prep um, beyond just the uh, fund for recording. There's uh, ability to create that, and, uh, and 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 that takes money too. You know, it's all capitalism. It's all Mark. Well, that's good to know. So it sounds like you have been writing songs uh, for an album of originals. I know a lot of people uh, always seem to be uh, asking, uh, "Hey, these are." amazing cover albums, but when do we get some more Nellie McKay originals? So it sounds like that's in the offing. Well, but there's also there's the thing of Tom Lehrer. You know, he became a math teacher because at a certain point, there was nothing that you could write that was new that wasn't uh, that was acceptable. And I, I, I think uh, I've been rather personal ignorance with the internet for a long time, and I still don't look at anything personal. I don't look at my own page. You know, I believe in freedom of speech. If people want to say go die in a fire, uh, you know, that's, that's their, uh, their, their right. And freedom of speech only exists if it's allowed to happen. And it also, also, I'm no good at taking compliments, so just in case those are out there. <laughs> I don't want to look at those either. I think that can mess you up, too. Right. Um, the show, of course, is called Talking Animals, so let's talk animals here. Can I ask about the animals uh, currently in uh, living with you in your household? Yes, well, it's my dog, um, and she's been uh, a little under the weather on the road, but um, uh, hopefully she'll be uh, perking up. And, uh, you know, and then there, there are a lot of animals um, tangentially in my family. There's a, a lot of vet bills. Now, is this, so, uh, is this Bessie you know, that we're talking about, or is this uh, somebody else? Well, I mean, it is Bessie, and then it's also uh, uh, the cats. Ah, okay. They're, they're the, the, the outside animals, um, but uh, aside from the occasional bird taken in, um, they're, they're, they mostly don't have vet bills. They just have 
no food and water they need. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, when people talk about the need for a single payer um, in this country for humans, um, not only does that affect animals, because when people can't take care of themselves, they can't take care of their dependents, generally. Um, but also, I mean, we could really use some health insurance for animals. Because sure. it's, it's such a big reason why people take uh, animals to the pound or uh, or why they, they wind up suffering, because they, they, they don't want to put them down or, or, or leave them, but they simply can't afford it. I mean, I'm sure you've seen GoFundMes that are not only for, I think, half of all GoFundMes are for uh, human health bills. It's, it's a crisis country, but then... Um, there are also so many for him. For sure. Now, am I right in thinking that Bessie was a uh, a pit that you had adopted? I guess a few years back. Um. Yes. Yes. It's it's been a long time. Yeah. And uh, and 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 she's so precious. And um, I got this great book called Bramble, the dog who wanted to live forever, and it was about this dog named Bramble in Wales who lived to age twenty five. Wow. And she was a a pretty big dog. Um, she was, I think she was a colleague, and she lived to 25, so I've been trying to follow uh, uh, her diet pretty close. It was, a, um, it was all very natural, and it was, uh, it was fresh, and, and, uh, and it was, to my knowledge, it was vegan, completely vegan. So, you know, uh, and Bramble had a lot of outdoor time, too, so that book has been a real inspiration. So how old is Bessie at this point, then? Uh, well, Bessie's 10, so I'm getting pretty nervous. Well... <laughs> But if you're following, if you're following the book thing and and it's working, then hopefully there's plenty more time with Bessie. Uh, with any luck, yeah. I hope so, but she gets a lot of crap too. I have trouble denying her, and right. she tends to grab that street food, you know. And does she, she travel does. with you when you're when you are touring uh, as you are now? Is she with you on all the road dates? Well, now she does, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, and 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 that's lovely. I mean, she, she loves um, nature. It's just that often we're so pressed for time that uh, it's a lot of car time on her. So. It'll be good when we get off. This is probably the longest tour this year, so it'll be good to get her back. And how do you feel about touring at this point? Oh, uh, well, I mean, look, the people are lovely. But people are lovely when you're standing in line at Dollar Tree or uh, the Salvation Army or Goodwill or, you know, or Aldi, um, which has some really good vegan options and vegetarian options now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, so, I mean, I, I don't really need to, to stand in front of people and, and take their money. But I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because at one yeah. point, I think early on, I, I thought you weren't, like, gigantically keen on touring, but yet it seems like you're doing more, or at least on, behind this album, it seems like there's a few, at least more days than I would customarily see, I think. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's lovely when you have a new record and... Uh and, uh, you know, it's lovely to go different places, but uh, we never have long enough in all these cities to really explore. And also, uh, just to uh, get my sort of Florida thing in here, it looks like, once again, so far at least, no Florida dates. I know it's very hard, it seems like, to lure you down to uh, to Florida. I don't know why it's so hard to come down south. Yeah. I love the south. Yeah. This album has a bit of a southern tinge. Yeah, I'll um, say. If we put out the follow-up, it'll have even more of a southern tinge. We kind of had to choose between uh, the saloon or, uh, or you know, the, the weeping willow tree. So we kind of merged both of them. But, um, uh, yeah, I, the only thing I'm a little uh, nervous about down south is um, the uh, bullseye ticks. Have you heard about them? The what, sorry? The bullseye ticks. No, I can't quite make out what you're saying. With, uh... Oh, it's a certain type of tick. And ah. they have a little white dot on their back. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Apparently they come in swarms. They're not like regular ticks. So if we could somehow guarantee your safety against those, perhaps <laughs> we could get you down to do some shows. Hey, look, you just got to ask. Okay. Uh, for some reason we haven't been booking them down there. I, 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 I don't know, yeah. uh, uh, but... Um, you know, I, I I would love to come down. I love those uh, soul vegetarian restaurants. I know they have one in Atlanta. Do they have one somewhere else? Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed on that. So what's the focus of your uh, activism, or at least your animal activism these days? Is there some issues that you're especially um, uh, concerned with at the moment? Yeah. Um, well, I, I just suppose getting the money out of politics, because I think... A lot of people respond to what is done to the animals emotionally, and um, and that's important. Not enough people do. You know, they, they separate their, their heart from their mind too much. Um, but at the same time, you have to take an intellectual, comprehensive view of where are we getting. And, uh, you know, there is such a thing as the nonprofit industrial complex 
there is, uh, if you look at what has happened for the animals, say since the end of World War II, when factory farms first really started coming into being, you have people like Rachel Carson, who's writing introductions for a book called Animal Machines, which came out, I believe, in the 60s. And, uh, and so little has changed. And that's not because there isn't public opposition to it. There is. There's unbelievable public opposition to the worst exploitation of animals. And when you look at how every uh, major change has happened really only uh, because of activism of 1% of the population, we have so much more than that. And yet these things still don't change. And that's because of the, the money that is just, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a toxin. It's throughout every uh, element of the system. So you have, um, generally speaking, a Republican Party that is much more honest about what they support, which is business interests. And then you have the Democratic Party, who talks a good game, but they still have to answer to their donors. And you have a system that's not going to get better for animals. And I fear that we're going to uh, die. And no matter how many alternatives we're going to see in restaurants, in, in, in big box stores, in mom and pop, no matter how many vegan restaurants you can count in Santa Monica, we're still going to die with animals being kept in gestation crates and battery cages and, uh, and subject to the worst tortures in labs some of which have no oversight under the Animal Welfare Act. I believe that's all rodents um, um, and, and reptiles and, uh, and uh, fish. I, 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 the majority, uh, and birds, I believe the majority of animals that are killed and, and suffer so greatly have virtually no protection under the law. So I, I, I fear that our whole lives we're going to go and nothing's going to change. And it's because of the corruption of our political system. I'd say right now that's really the focus. Well, you've said a lot there, and it's a lot to take in and especially to improve. Now, I think when we last spoke, a more specific form of activism, animal activism, that you seem to be focused on was horse-drawn carriages. I don't know if that's still as much a, a focus of your attention at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, again, the, 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 uh, the carriage industry is a big lobby in New York. Um, but... Uh, I, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, people keep fighting. There was an accident not long ago, which is really bad. I mean, it's just horses don't belong in traffic. It's just so simple. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, just back to, to legislative uh, concerns for a moment in a broader view, you're not going to win matching them lobbyist to lobbyist. You can't. You can't. You're up against such a tsunami of money. And that's why, I mean, I was a... a, a, a I, I, I campaigned for Bernie Sanders because there, there was a little bit of hope there that if politicians actually answer to people, um, that people are the ones, we're the voice for the voiceless. You know, money is not. <laughs> uh, and and animal industry is industries are big money. And it, it's a lot of invisible industries, too. It's not just the pharmaceuticals. It's not just big agribusiness. It's Wall Street that all the money goes through. It's, um, it's smaller parts of that industry that may not even be thought of, like cage manufacturers. And um, so, it, it, you know, it, as long as our candidates are, are funded by corporations, um, there's not going to be any hope for the animals. And there, there, there's also uh, the war machine, which is such, is such a big part. It's half of every tax dollar goes towards destroying people, destroying countries, but also destroying animals in that country, in, in whatever country that is, around the world. And, um, and animal rights really doesn't deal with that. Um, they can deal with specific abuses within the military. For instance, Oliver Stone was part of a PETA campaign that showed the horrific treatment of goats. Um, but um, uh, it, 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 or, or the impact of sonar on uh, ocean animals, such yeah. as whales. Um, but but when you drop cluster bombs, when you drop thermobaric weapons, white phosphorus bombs, um, you know, when you completely destroy a, a country's infrastructure, animals suffer so horrifically. And so a, a genuine animal rights movement is also anti-war. 
for sure. The money and where it goes and how it's used. I mean, sometimes even within the animal welfare world, things are sometimes suspect. Uh, again, let me quickly just say this is Talking Animals. I'm Duncan Strauss. My guest is Nellie McKay, whose new album is Sister Orchid. This conversation was recorded yesterday. You know, for example, I, I um, was trying to get caught up on the myriad things that you do from time to time, especially between the times that we've spoken on the show. I hadn't seen it, but I was struck by the fact that you contributed the forward to the 20th anniversary edition of The Sexual Politics of Meat. And a few months back, I had Carol Adams and Dr. Lisa Kemmerer on to talk about what was unfolding and what might have been soon unfolding in terms of sexual harassment and mistreatment and other things in the animal welfare world. And mere weeks later, there were some huge stories that broke with some of the biggest and kind of most corporate, I guess, animal welfare organizations. So I was kind of struck by that and struck by the fact that you had contributed this forward to that uh, latest edition of that book. Yeah, um, well, I, 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 what I had heard um, say about Wayne Pacelli, I still want to call him Pacelli because that's the Italian. But uh, <laughs> the, the things that had been that I had I had read about him, I, I, I really think that there's a, a gray area. I mean, it's not that I don't agree, uh, disagree with him on certain things about that movement, um, but not. Uh, but when it comes to what is considered harassment, I mean. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't think asking someone if they want to take salsa lessons is harassment. And I also think that within the workplace, of course, there can be love and romance. I just. I. I. I so I have a different point of view. I do think it's odd that people are focused. There are some real terrible things like rape. You know, there's. Um, uh, you know, really terrible things, and I'm, and I'm not diminishing those. But there's this focus on you can't. You know, touch someone. Uh, just on the back uh, at work. I mean, if that is a crime, I'm the worst. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Indict me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and, 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 and there's this idea, you know, that, um, say, this idea of unwanted touching, which can be um, uh, innocent, um, uh, or, you know, I mean, it can be you're expressing interest. Does everything have to be verbalized all the time? I mean, there's a difference between constant harassment and you know, reaching out to someone once. I just think there's there's, there's degrees with all this, and um, but you there's uh, uh, that is considered unwanted touching, and yet again, the war machine gets completely left off the hook. I mean, surely a missile coming in your house, um, blowing up your home, um, you know, blowing the legs off a child, um, you know, thermobaric weapons suck the air out of their victims' lungs, collapsing the internal organs. Surely that is the worst form of unwanted touching. And yet Carol Day Adams, who I love, I, I believe that even she kind of falls for that New York Times point of view or, or helps put it out there, which is a pro-war point of view. The New York Times has supported every war pretty much for the past 30 years. Um, and so why that isn't seen as a more urgent concern of feminism or at least equal to this, um, this these, these certain guys that are coming down I mean, a friend of mine in Minnesota said, we're gleefully frying all the small fish while we're all being eaten by sharks. No offense to sharks, and I don't support frying fish. But you get the point. I yeah. mean, it's just, it's, it's, it, the, the problems are more systemic than individual. And if you're going to talk, a feminist movement is anti-war, and I feel we've lost that, as has the civil rights movement. And you can't fight for human rights, gay rights, disabled rights, any of these, and still be supporting one of the two pro-war parties. Well, this sounds like uh, maybe uh, an essay or something to, for or a discussion with Carol Adams and maybe some others, because, I mean, it's it's a really fascinating area where it does intersect a lot of other movements and schools of thought and brings, uh, as is often the case, combined much larger bit of attention on some of these fundamental, like you say, systemic well, yeah, issues. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'll, I'll also mention that it's not just kind of tolerating it within that, that system. It's there's this this additional push, um, I mean, for instance, a lot of the so-called resistance, I'm not implicating uh, Carol in this, but um, but a, a lot of uh, people who say you must stop uh, fascism, they're, they're kind of rooting for Trump to fail in North Korea, which is insane. The, the, looking at North Korea, what we should all be hoping for is an avoidance of nuclear catastrophe. You know, sure. that should be the goal. Um, same with Russia. I understand if people don't like Putin, they don't like uh, their government, but there are 150 million people in Russia who are not Putin and their government, 
just as there are millions in this country who are not Trump in our government. Nationalism and racism share the same ideology. Both are predicated on an accident of birth, and it's, it's as bigoted to lump all Russians together as to lump any other group all together and just paint them with a broad brush. And, um, you know, that's, I mean, we're really facing the extinction of all so-called civilization. I mean, unbelievable horror when we are making Russia the enemy, Russia being the only country in the world that has more nuclear weapons than us. So another, because I know a lot of people don't like Trump. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> that you know, fight him on, on uh, there's so many things to fight him on. Right. That's it's a good thing to be friendly. Right. The, the, the sweep of things to fight him on, I think, is what's also uh, making people so just weary and beaten down that Anything that comes up, it just seems like another thing that just cannot be dealt with because Trump-related. So, yeah, I think there's a huge, huge fundamental fatigue going on that I just I don't know if there's any relief in sight, but it does can't help but alter the way people respond to things that uh, of all sizes and, and dimensions with him. So. Right. But, I mean, you look at MSNBC, which is sponsored by Raytheon, one of the big weapons companies, um, and they are... Uh, arguably the most warmongering network right now. So who does that benefit? You know, and uh, uh, but I think it's so hard for people not to get distracted, myself included, and also to to truly follow the money um, because this is clever propaganda. Um, it is state propaganda, and it is um, uh, familiarity builds. Uh, study after study has shown this. So if you turn on the TV each night and you're used to Rachel Maddow or whoever it is, um, just the fact that they're there with you every night in your home, you tend to believe them. And uh, I would just encourage people to uh, find uh, more alternative sources. Um, John Pilger is a great journalist. Uh, black Agenda Report is news and news of the black left. So, uh, uh, a black left that is very marginalized um, because uh, uh, usually if you, if you question the official line, often that has been kind of, it, uh, it, it hides dissident voices among marginalized people. Um, it, the establishment has taken uh, the face of the oppressed and put it on the system of the oppressor, and we all need to question that. All right, well, that's uh, very well said, and I think we're sort of in our final moment or two here, Nelly. So on, on, I guess, a very different note, how much time do you spend these days in the Poconos? It seems like that's a place that it means a lot to you in terms of, um, I don't know, recharging or finding uh, inspiration. Do you still spend a, a fair amount of time there? Oh, yes, it's just wonderful, and uh, it's it's great. Um, it's you know, my dog has a bit of arthritis, so swimming is the best. And uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I I don't know. It all becomes kind of so poignant, you know, as yeah. as as, as, uh, as life goes on. I uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, it's it, yeah. I love the Poconos, and uh, and it's not so nice to find little out of the way places in this country. There's um you know wonderful old signs that they haven't taken down, or uh, or um, you know yeah. Uh, diners or, or motels, uh, things that, that no longer exist, but uh, you'll still see the name up there in faded letters. And uh, and it seems like you really recharge your creative batteries when you're there. Is, is that a reasonable observation? Oh, sure. Yeah, it's just, it's so nice. And everybody thinks they got to go, go, go all the time and, um, and with the devices and with the 24-7 news, but... Uh, the, the biggest thing is, is to try to get away, and I, I think I, I wish that wasn't so hard for people to do. It's just so important. So if, if you have an animal at home, I think it's a, a form of meditation just to, uh, to pet them or, or, or sit outside with them. For sure. Well, Nellie, we have uh, just reached the end of our time, and uh, thank you again. This has been Nellie McKay. The new album is Sister Orchid. The website is Nellie McKay. It's N-E-L-L-I-E-M-C-K-A-Y.com. So, Nellie, thanks uh, for once again joining us on Talking Animals. Great speaking with you, uh, as always. And uh, we covered, I think, uh, uh, all kinds of ground uh, today, which uh, I thought was really great and inspiring. Thanks again. Thank you so much, Duncan. All right. Take care. You too. My thanks again to Nellie Mackay. Later in the show, I'm hoping there'll be time to play the aforementioned dog song, which was from her very first um, album and sort of put her on the map in many respects, certainly with those of us that love and care about animals. And uh, I'm hoping maybe we'll also get to a selection from the new album, Sister Orchid. It'd be a nice uh, arc to, uh, to travel, given our uh, long history with 
Nelly um, in the same way. Meanwhile, in a few moments, I'll play back my interview with Triumph the Insult Comic Dog, who weighs in on the G7 Summit, Trump's talks with Kim Jong-un, including the Dennis Rodman sighting, Justifies Triple Crown Run, and more. Right now, though, it's time to step into the comedy corner. This is Nate Bargatze with a piece called How to Get Bitten by a Snake in today's Comedy Corner on Talking Animals. I went to Honduras, another place. I don't like, because I, like, I was at the airport, and the guy was like, uh, I was like, I'm going to Honduras. He was like, what city? And I was like, I'm just learning right now that's not the name of the city. So, Just wherever other people are going, probably. Let's just go there and figure it out. We get to the base, and the guy, he's like telling us about Honduras, and he, uh, he's like, you gotta be careful. He was like, uh, you gotta really look out for snakes. There's a lot of venomous snakes here. So when you walk around, just keep an eye out. And he was like, now if you get bit by a snake, uh, the best thing to do is then just go ahead and catch the snake and bring it so then we know like what snake bit you. <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm pretty positive that's like exactly what you're not supposed to like. I've never seen that ever on Animal Planet. Like, someone gets bit and then they gotta be like, now I gotta get it. Uh, I was like, I'm not gonna do it. I was like, that doesn't make sense. I've never caught a snake in my life. And then when I get bit for the first time, I gotta get it together and catch a snake. I was like, it's not gonna go good, man. I was like, he's gonna keep biting me. That's all that's gonna happen. And he was like, it doesn't matter. You're like, you've already been bit. And I was like, do you even know what a snake is? It completely matters. There's a huge difference between one bite and probably 30 bites. That's what we're gonna be at if I try to catch this snake. Who told you this, the snake? Is that who told you to tell me all of this? Whose side are you on? That was Nate Bargatze. We had a piece called How to Get Bitten by a Snake taken from one of his stand-up appearances. All right, on to Triumph. Earlier in the show, I outlined some biographical material about Triumph. So let's get right to the interview. Recorded Monday afternoon after Trump had left the G7 summit and had arrived in Singapore for the talks with Kim Jong-un. This is Triumph the Insult Comic Dog on Talking Animals. Let's uh, welcome back to Talking Animals, Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. Triumph, thanks for returning to the show and joining us today to mark the uh, 15th anniversary of Talking Animals. 15 years, yes. <laughs> Very exciting. But I've missed you. I've... Uh, who are you again? I've missed you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Very close friend. Yeah, Duncan Strauss, host of Talking Animals. I know you're. I know you're a regular oh, listener. Fifteen regular. Li- you have regular listeners. I'd like People to think who so. Tune in. Who's kidding? Who? My conch shell has more listeners <laughs> uh, than your show. Very that's, uh, that's the thirteenth anniversary of that joke, by the way. <laughs> that's great. Well, it still holds up well. Thank you. Yes. <clears throat> so when we first did speak on this show, it was then was based in Southern California. I now broadcast. Oh. Yeah. I didn't, I, I, okay, good. So now I broadcast from Tampa, Florida. What, I'm sure you must have some thoughts about Florida. Fascinating, fascinating information. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's great. No, so you are in Florida now. That's correct. That makes sense. That makes sense. You know, it's nice. You brought your career to Florida to let it die in peace. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Pretty nope. much how it works. So, uh, except uh, now you, I guess you traded uh, earthquakes for hurricanes. Huh? And summer's starting. Are you nervous? Uh, yeah, there's uh, hurricanes uh, plenty predicted for this summer as usual. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know what you're thinking going to Florida. That's, that state's had more evacuations than the Taco Bell Chihuahua. <laughs> You see, because he eats a lot of burritos and he poops. (laughs) Thank you. I I got it. So, uh, you know, you're in Florida. I want to make sure your listeners get it. (laughs) 
Sure. That's right. You got the most educated state. They may not know about, uh, you know, all the evacuations and pooping. And well, you, you, you are. Well, we moving on. Yeah. Well, sometimes we do need audio subtitles, so that's very good. Now, speaking of Florida and travel, of course, you know, our president spends more than a little time in Florida, and now, as we uh, as we speak, has arrived in Singapore in preparation for the negotiations with Kim Jong Un. Oh, right. He was in Florida for the uh, for the hurricane. Right. Yeah. Well, he gets out before the hurricanes, but he causes... Oh, and Mar-a-Lago, of course. That's right. Oh, of course. And then, uh, so the hurricane, like, cramps his style. I'm sorry. Of course, he's a big Florida guy. Sure. And but... now what's he doing? He's not in Florida? No, now he's in uh, Singapore, uh, gearing up oh, for the negotiations man. with King Jong-un. Oh, King Kim Jong, yes. Uh, you know, his name was shortened from Kim Jong, unable to see his shoes. <laughs> I didn't know uh, that. Yes. No, it's, um, it's, it's going to be interesting. We're all praying for them to, uh, to not be insane. Uh, you know, he, they, they threatened to nuke each other. I mean, the kids got it hard, filling his father's shoes, you know. Yeah. Having an easier time emptying his father's spaghetti bowl, you see, because <laughs> he's overweight. That's right. Uh, no, I hope they do well there as long as they don't, uh, you know, eat any puppy meat. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, no, believe me, that's uh, North Korea. That's, uh, that's what he does over there. Now, on a serious note, this is an animal show. You should be, you're aware of this, right? Yes. Yeah. North Korea, they pretend that dog meat is, like, good for you, that it, uh, it, uh, it has essential vitamins. This is serious stuff. No joke. Right. No, no joke. there could be an international incident if, uh, if there's uh, dog meat uh, served at these talks. Well, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> Trump steaks are just a slight cut above. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to tell the difference in some cases. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, what's, uh, is it true that Dennis Rodman is, is on his way there? I, I actually saw this in the news. Yeah, I saw a picture, and he uh, has spent more than a little time over there, so that's just a measure oh, of that, the absurd. What, my God. Yeah, that's how crazy things and are. It's a, it's a travesty, this man. He oppresses his people. He's turned the place into crap, and now he's, uh, now he's got Dennis Rodman coming again. <laughs> Kim Jong-un, is that right? That's right, yeah. <laughs> Rodman, what, no, he, he's in the news. Rodman's on his way, yes? That's right. I, I somehow think he's involved in the official party, which uh, is just a measure of how... Uh, how kinda... What is Rodman's attraction to North Korea? So I know All you right. only have another moment or two, uh, Tramp, no, so... so, wait, so... Uh, sorry, we were, you were saying about uh, before this, Trump went where? Through the... The G7 summit, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. So, and, and you've known Trump and followed him his career longer than most of the people who voted for him. So, any comments on how he fared at the G7? I just think, you know, now he's, he's alienating everyone, you know? Yeah. Now he's alienating world leaders. You've got people in this country ready to, uh, you know, ready to leave the country, ready to seriously to go to Canada, and not just to bone uh, Justin Trudeau. <laughs> they, they just want to leave the country, period. Yeah. Well, again, I mean, for him to uh, to call Tr- Trudeau the host of the summit weak and uh, say all these other offensive well, things. That's well, tr- you know, he's tough on Canadians. Look what he did to Ted Cruz. <laughs> that's know? right. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, so, get it because he's not a natural born citizen, Ted Cruz. He was born in Canada. Yeah. Um, unlike Trump, who was born when the Monopoly guy tripped and got his uh, pink thing stuck in a battleship piece. <laughs> that I didn't know. That's the one piece yeah, of uh, Trump. You know, you learn things on your on your show. That's right. Even if uh, they're they're uh, surprising, to, even to the host. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, um, no, Ted Cruz. He, he's Canadian. You know, when he wanted to close the government, remember that. That's because that's because Nickelback was in town doing a concert, and he didn't want to miss it. <laughs> I see. Well, priorities. We all have our priorities, I guess. Yeah. So Ted Cruz. He's like. He's this Cuban guy from Canada who landed in Texas, now wants to go to Washington. His story is, it sounds like the path of a viral outbreak. 
<laughs> exactly. Patient zero had to short their itinerary. <laughs> I like it. So, Triumph, I, I know we have only just a moment or so left here. So, do you think with everything, uh, all the scandals plaguing the Trump administration and, and the, the way the, the Mueller investigation seems to be heading, do you think do you think we're on the path to Trump being impeached? Oh, my God. We really want uh, Mike Pence in there. Well. That guy is... Uh, Mike Pence is so uptight, he has to take a roofie to masturbate. <laughs> okay. Well, that's... Uh, French man. Yeah. He's even weirder than Trump. You know what? You notice he's always squinting. That's yeah. Because that's how he calibrates his gaydar. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's much more of a, yes. a visual... Yes. Yeah. You know, it would be problematic to swear in Mike Pence as president because uh, he believes that... the very highly religious man. He believes that... Uh, when two men uh, putting their hands on the same Bible is a homosexual act. I see. That is going to yeah. be a trouble at the swearing in then, for sure. Yeah, that would be problematic. Yeah. Well, I think i got to ask you at least about something, one thing specifically animal-related. I don't know how closely you follow horse okay. racing, but uh, uh, you may know that Justify won the Triple Crown on Saturday. Did you yes, happen to catch that or watch the race? You know, I don't watch those anymore. All of those horses are on steroids. They are, and uh, yeah. I, I, it just troubles me. I, I don't like the the, the juiced up. Uh, the, you know, those the, they're on the roids. Uh, you know why the horses? They're all wearing saddles. That's to cover their back knee. <laughs> I see, really. Back knee. Yeah. Okay. Back knee on your back for the Floridians who are confused at the moment. Yeah. Well, again, we we do have uh, audio Something subtitles. Yeah. But, now, that's uh, what happens when horses take steroids. They get back knee and their their uh, units shrink to two feet long. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a drastic uh, reduction. So now I'm sure you know this too that as a triple crown winner, supposedly justifies stud fees are sixty million dollars uh, or more. Why do people pay millions of dollars for a horse to have sex with another horse? You can see the same thing in Amsterdam for ten bucks. <laughs> I don't understand. I, yeah, that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure the result is quite the same, but uh, but it's much much more reasonable for sure. Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, Triumph, thank you so much for uh, for joining us it's to help us mark our uh, anniversary and uh, really really no pre- small achievement. No small achievement. Uh, it's not easy to keep an obscure uh, show on the air for 15 years. <laughs> yeah. It takes a lot of people, a lot of support, a lot of friends to keep telling you how well it's going. <laughs> right, and, and while not listening. Yeah. And yeah. Yes. And, well, yes, I hope you're thanking these people, the ones you call up and say, hey, how'd you like the last show? And they're like, oh, it was great as they frantically google (laughs) who your guest oh yes the woman from the uh from the zoo yes she was very articulate (laughs) on the issues pertaining to animals that's right great show great show (laughs) that's great well thank you uh thank you triumph and again i appreciate your support over these many years and uh, thanks for joining us today on talking animals all right Keep talking to animals. I will. Thank you. Don't think you're not. Okay. All right. My thanks again to Triumph and to uh, Robert Smigel, who made Triumph's interview possible. Coming up at 11 on WNF with Rob Lorai and Radioactivity, kicking off a three-hour block of interviews, phone calls, news, and more, including the noon hour midpoint with Nola Lale. Then at 1 p.m., John Gilmore presides over executive session. Then the music kicks back in at 2 p.m. with Scott Elliott in the All Souls edition of It's the Music. Meanwhile, as the prize on this show, for Name That Animal Tune, I'll be offering the spiffy latest edition of the Talking Animals t-shirts. Let me just quickly hit one event coming up that uh, people might be interested to know about. Florida Voices for Animals is uh, showing a documentary called Love and Bananas, an Elephant Story. That's going to be on uh, June 30th at the Jimmy B. Keel Library, 6 p.m. I haven't seen it yet, but I will also say at the same time, we will be speaking with the director, Ashley Bell. And again, the documentary really chronicles the mission to rescue a a seven-year-old captive Asian elephant and lead it to freedom. So we'll know more about that when we next speak. And again, we'll have Ashley on on, uh, 
In fact, it is next week, as a matter of fact. Sorry, I've got my dates a little confused. So, anyway, so again, that's uh, screening itself. It'll be June 30th. Again, the film is called Love and Bananas, an Elephant Story, Jimmy B. Keel Library. And there's an, uh, you can search for, the, for that film on Facebook. There's a Facebook events page for that. So... I'm Douglas Strasser. I listen to Talking Animals. Well, the show website is talkinganimals.net. It's time to proceed to name that animal tune. This is a giveaway, but please only participate if you haven't won something from WNF in the last 90 days. There'll be a prize. Again, the newest edition of the Talking Animals t-shirt. The first person who calls 813-239-9663 and correctly identifies this animal song. Name that animal tune on Talking Animal. Looks like we have some people that might know. Let's actually uh, do something we haven't done in a while here. Let's put them on the air live. Hi, you're on Talking Animals. You're on the air live. Can you name that animal tune? Fly like an eagle. That's right. That's right. What is your first name, sir? Larry. Larry. Okay, I'll come back and get your information. You uh, have correctly identified the uh, song, so you've won Name That Animal Tune. We'll get you a Talking Animals t-shirt. Thanks. All right. All right, so let's, as we kind of said that we would like to, going back to the earliest days of uh, Nellie Mackay, both on Talking Animals and her from her very first record, and hearing very much an animal song, let's hear the dog song from Nellie Mackay. I'm just walking my dog, singing my song, strolling me and my dog catching some sun we can't go wrong my love was lonely and blue yeah i was sad as a sailor i was an angry one too then there was you appeared when i was entangled with youth and fear and nerves jingle jangled for mood and beer were getting me mangled up but then I looked in your eyes And I was no more a failure You looked so wacky and wise And I said, Lord, I'm happy Cause I'm just walking my dog Singing my song Strolling along It's just me and my dog Catching some sun We can't go wrong Cause I don't care about your hate and your doubt the politicians found If you need a companion Why just go out by the pound And find yourself a hound And make that dog get proud Cause that's what it's all about My love was tragic and sad I was the archetypal loser I was a pageant con bad was you on time and wagging your tail in the cutest mime and you was in jail i said woof be mine and you gave a wail and then i was no longer alone and i was no more a boozer we'll make the happiest home and i said lord i'm happy cause i'm just walking my dog Hound, and make that dog get proud Cause 
that's what it's all about. 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 That was Nellie Mackay from her very first album, Get Away From Me, with the dog song. And I remember how I first became acquainted with her was watching Letterman. This is before the album even came out. And there she was at the grand piano just by herself singing this song. I thought, wow, who is this? And uh, finding out uh, put us on the path that led to uh, a long association with talking. So again, my thanks to her. And uh, we'll hear hopefully something from the uh, the new album of uh, Standards as we uh, close out the show. But we have just about reached the end of today's edition of Talking Animals on WMF Tampa. Rob Laurie is up next with Radioactivity again. Next week, the uh, guest will be Ashley Bell, who directed Love and Bananas, the documentary I was mentioning. Looking forward to that. Also invite you to visit TalkingAnimals.net for audio archives of every show we've ever broadcast for the whole 15 years, believe it or not. And you can also find iTunes podcasts there, links to the Facebook page, Twitter feed, and more. So my thanks to everybody at WMNF who's uh, supported Talking Animals during its uh, tenure for most of that 15 years. So appreciate that. I'm Duncan Shaw. Thanks very much for listening. Have a good week. Be kind to animals. Be kind to others kind to yourself and uh, we're going to hear uh, Nellie McKay from the new album Sister Orchid as we uh, close up the 15th anniversary edition of Talking Animals on WMNF Tampa Brandon Clearwater Largo Wikiwachi and Beyond Community Conscious Radio handpicked homegrown handpicked music and news this is Nellie McKay thanks so much for listening see you next it's Wednesday it's not the pale moon that excites me that thrills and delights me oh no it's just the nearness of you it isn't your sweet conversation That brings this sensation Oh no It's just the nearness of you When I'm in your arms And I feel you so close to me All my wildest dreams come true I need no soft lights to enchant me If you'll only grant me the right To hold you ever so tight